This podcast contains spoilers, explicit language, and is not meant for anyone younger than 13. Do not harass any of the names mentioned in this episode. A typical high school girl has been granted the ability to travel through time. But will this power cause more grief than she asked for? Find out in John vs. The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. Welcome back to John vs. Film. In this episode, we're going to talk about The Girl Who Leapt Through Time. This is the second Mamoru Hosoda film I saw, not including Digimon the movie. And I really love this movie. Not my favorite, but I remember loving it when I first saw it. I watched it a couple times before I watched it for this episode a while back. And <coughs> in my rewatching, I don't think my opinions really change that much. But anyway, what is The Girl Who Loves Her Time? Well, it's a time travel movie. I mean, it's kind of obvious. But yeah, it's about a girl who leaps through time. You know that 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 that's about it. Yeah, I mean there there's more to it. I mean she doesn't leap through like back in time to like uh, say the dinosaurs or like she's not like these are not Doctor Who level adventures. Like I would say a good comparison to this is if it was Groundhog Day. Yet if Bill Murray's character had control of the time travel or the time loop mechanic. You know, sort of like that, because the character uses, you know, the time travel for her own benefits and all that. And like I mentioned before, this movie is directed by Mamoru Soda. The writer is Satoko, Satoko Okadera, Okadera. Sorry if I mispronounced that again. I'm pretty sure that is the same screen writer for Summer Wars. Uh, and apparently, according to Wikipedia, the girl... The Girl Who Left Through Time is like loosely based on a 1967 novel by the same name and was written by Yasutaka Susui. I hope I pronounced that right. But yeah, it's like a loose adaptation slash sequel to it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty... I didn't know that. That I literally just found that out while gathering gathering the info before recording. But yeah, anyway, like I do with my reviews, I talk about the things I like first, and then I go through the things I dislike. Now, now there's a lot a lot to talk about of what I like, but I am definitely condensing things to five. Most of the time, you know, from now on. But anyway, what I like about this movie. Well, I gotta say, Makoto 
character Makoto, the girl who does leaps through time, as we discussed, that's what the movie's about. She, you know, like her character development and her arc, it's very, it's very well made. Like, uh, she has, like, the challenge she has to overcome is her own insecurity, her own fear of essentially change. And the message of the movie is, well, it, it's obvious as they kind of say it, it's time waits for no one. And she has to learn that. But in reality, it's that she is afraid of time moving forward or rather that others are going to leave her behind, leave, you know, leave her be and just that things were going to change. She's just afraid of change. And yeah, and like uh, even though she uses like her like she uses her time travel abilities either selfishly or sometimes what she thinks is unselfish. Like there are times where she is trying to like hook her friend up with this girl and she uses her time travel ability for that, but other times it was, you know, very early on, you know, where she tried to, like, uh, fix her bad day where everything went wrong, and she just was like, oh, you know, I want to have this bad day become a good day. You know, so they're selfish, but I think what's nice about this, it's not immorally selfish in this way, like, I think it's like a selfishness that you can see in everybody. Like if you had the ability to travel back through time and could fix like a really bad day, most people would. Most people would do that. And what I also like is the consequences or the conflicts are caused by her. Not only by her insecurities of the future, but it's like either her actions causes you know, conflict or consequences or even her inactions or, and again, that unwillingness to adapt or change. It's very well made and it creates very great character dynamics. Um, another thing is this movie has very, very fantastic visual storytelling. I mean, this movie has like very like some very good standout scenes. Like one example being when she first sleeps her time, when she's like, you know, riding down the hill, with the bicycle, but the brakes brakes not working. And what causes to happen is that she, if she wasn't going to travel back through time, she would have been hit by the train and die. And I think Funimation used that scene to, actually advertise this film because I remember seeing that scene first before watching the film. And that's like, that what that was what got me interested to check out the film. But the real star of this visual storytelling mechanic is all right in the movie, you know, it's discussed with Makoto's aunt who will be calling auntie, Witch, as the movie suggests, and, you know, the aunt suggests that maybe Makoto traveling back in time, giving her, you know, like goodwill. 
causes harm to be like the bad karma that she got be directed towards someone else. And we get the explanation, but after we got and get some of the explanations of that's probably what's happening. And we've seen an example with a kid who got bullied because Makoto went back in time and switched places with him during uh, the cooking scene, like in Home Ec, whatever. So he would, you know, end up getting the accident instead of her. And it's revealed that he's just been getting bullied ever since. And he blames our character Makoto. But anyway, it, it just... He gets pushed to the limit where he's like using the fire extinguisher on his, you know, bullies, spraying them. And when he's about to spray Makoto because he's he has this pent up rage against her, he blames her for what happened in the kitchen. Which, to be fair, it's her fault because she did travel back in time and she knew it was going to happen. But again, a normal instance, it wouldn't not. It would not be her fault, but in this particular time travel scenario, yeah, it is kind of her fault. But anyway, he was about to spray her, but what happened was it ran out of, uh, I don't know what the chemical is called in the fire extinguisher. We're just going to call it gas. And so ran out of gas. So again, this character is pushed beyond his limits, you know. So what he does, he like lifts up the fire extinguisher and throws it at her and cause and what happens is her friend shoot I uh Chiaki Chiaki there we go Chiaki who is the love interest as well and we'll talk about him in a little bit but he like goes in to step in front of the fire extinguisher and he he would have been hit head on by a finger fire extinguisher and that would have been bad so what she does she travels back in time and pushes him out of the way. But in order, f you know, but that causes the fire extinguisher to hit, you know, bounce off the floor and then off the wall, like on this little corner, you know, it's like kind of just boom on the, you know, floor and then boop on the wall and it flies and hits Another of Makoto's friends, uh, shoot, I think it's Yuki. I'm going to double, Yuri, Yuri. It hits Yuri, Makoto's, like, female friend that we gather, who also, like, who, and that time, and that timeline is dating Chiaki, you know. So it hits her in the arm, and it really causes, you know, it causes her to get hurt really bad. You know, where she needs to go to the nurse's office. And yeah, you see that, like, it just, that shows you right there that, yes, she time tra like, her time travel does not come without consequences. And it's, like, a very quick scene as well. Like, that quick moment of time travel, push friend out of the way, but that pain that was going to be reflected onto him went on to Yuri instead. And that's just very good visual storytelling. It tells the audience right there and then that, you know, if this, then then that. Uh, that's a little coding, <laughs> a 
a little coding uh, for I, I'm like a like I'm also developing my own video game, so I've been coding a lot. So I'm gonna use that as you know similarity because yeah, it's like if time travels to save friend, then consequence directed to someone else. Well, anyway, time travel gotta love it. Uh, gotta love explaining the complications of time travel. Uh, but anyway, that will lead me on to the next point, which there is just excellent editing throughout this movie. And I, like I mentioned before, is the, you know, with the scene where she first, you know, leaps her time and avoids getting hit by the train, you know, there's just that, like, It's there's like it builds the tension up visually and auditory. You know, you get very nice cuts, you know, between her riding down the hill and the little like uh, animatronic. It's a small world after all figurings, you know, ringing the clock. You know, it's just that scene is a (coughs) (coughs) sorry about that. I'm still getting over something. <laughs> but, yeah, and I, I'm going to be recording this episode <coughs> and another episode right after. So, uh, <coughs> <coughs> yeah. apologies again. Wow. But I guess don't talk about editing. Editing, I, I guess I'm allergic to talking about movies, editing, and tension. But yeah, it's like those moments like that where you get those where, you know, like that build up, that tension done through the editing and the music. It's very well done, very well executed. And I also got to give credit to the writing once again. This is another very well written aspect, you know. And especially for time travel. Time travel is not easy to write for. It is so easy to screw it up. And I think they could have... Uh, just a little light critique. Maybe not having to explain the, the mechanics so much. You know, that may be a little bit of a detriment. But it's not It's not even like a brief critique. That's just... A, that's a very, 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 very minor thing. It's not even on my list of dislikes or criticisms. That I have, which, you know, five, which is also five. You know, I'm trying to keep five and five, like I said. But anyway, it it very much does a good job with time travel and keeping things, like keeping uh, everything according to its rules. And the twist with Chiaki was great. On my rewatch, I noticed Chiaki more in the background. Like he was the person looking for the painting very early on and here's something to think about this this is a little film theory i gotta i gotta say uh, i think chiaki going back in time to see the painting like he's from the far future he's what caused makoto's very bad day and which led her to time travel now Here's my reason why. In the beginning of the movie, you know, she, like, is going on, explaining, you know, oh, I'm, you know, 
average, you know, person. Don't get, you know, like I'm not horrible, but like with my grades, you know, but I'm not like an A student, but I get decent grades. And but that doesn't correspond visually, you know, because she gets a zero out of 100, you know, on her surprise test. She was running late. You know, she got into that, you know, and she's like, oh, I'm not particularly clumsy. Like, she's narrating for us. And then what happens is accident, home act, that causes a fire. And she's just, like, traumatized after that. And then she goes on and says, I don't try to get myself into drama or be, like, you know, stand out. And she gets, like, hit by the, like, some kids at high school just roughing around, you know, and she becomes, you know, a center of attention. I, I don't mean, like, hit by, like, they punched her or anything. No, it was just kids goofing around. And essentially, uh, what was happening is one kid was playing, they were doing a recreation of So Long, King Bowser in the schoolyard, two kids, and the unfortunate, the one kid who was playing Bowser in that recreation uh, got thrown towards Shiaki, you know. And I, I'm just going to say, though, just off the record, I'm pretty sure that would have landed the... I, I think that counts as a bomb in Super Mario 64. So the kid who is playing Mario, he, he got the key. You know, he got the key for the next floor, you know, to go into the basement. You know, so just wanted to say that. So... But anyway, back to my point with film theory. We know that time travel is not without its consequences. And you would think, you know, maybe a narration that's like, oh, she's building herself up. You know, she's just like, oh, I'm your average student. But, you know, maybe there's some sort of, you know, false narrative. And to an extent, yeah, like, she's been called, like, by her friends, you know, she's not very bright. And even some of her family, like, poke fun of her, you know, for not being the brightest one. But at the same time, you have to think with Chiaki's, you know, use of time travel and how we see, you know, the consequences or the bad, the bad luck transfer over to someone else. Maybe, you know, <coughs> <coughs> sorry, Chiaki when he traveled back in time, you know, a while ago, you know, because it's such a long distance to, you know, and it was, and for the record, Shiaki, he time traveled for his own selfish behavior. So, yeah, this whole incident was, you know, was Shiaki's fault, but it goes through that bad luck transfer and her bad day and, Probably the whole experience, you know, through her time travel causes the consequences to be, or the bad luck to be directed to her, you know, and just, it creates a butterfly effect, really. But, and it just shows that, yeah, even if you're going back in time just to see a painting and you get stuck there and just have fun, you know, hang, hanging around with your friends that you just made. Yeah, that there's going to be consequences. Butterfly effect. Bad juju. 
But <clears throat> anyways, my last point I want to say of the I likes is that this movie, like pretty much all of his movies, has very spectacular animation. For here, it's like it's a mix between very nice, dramatic, somewhat so, you know sometimes subtle animation to very pretty exaggerated you know animation like. You know, when she, Makoto travels back through time, she tends to do a barrel roll on the floor and hit something. You know, and, and they're, they're like, it's a very comedic movie as well. It, it's not, I don't want to call it a comedy. Okay, you know what, maybe it is a comedy. But I'm just saying, it definitely leads... You know, it's it's a nice balance between comedic, you know, exaggeration and just normal human behavior. Like again, with the comedic expressions, like Makoto's face when she hits something, or you know, her face gets very exaggerated. But something with more subtle animation is with her aunt restoring the painting that Chiaki wanted to see. You know, it's very well crafted and very well done. Now, on to what I dislike or my criticisms. But this one, it's going to be a. I put a note on my notes that says AKA nitpicks because, yeah. Yeah, these really are nitpicks just to let you know. Because, again, this movie is really good. Definitely recommend it. But anyway, the first point is again, these are nitpicks. I've watched the Japanese version for this episode and i think makoto's uh for most part makoto's voice actress risa naka uh yeah risa risa naka i'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it i i gotta get back on learning japanese i really do she does a very great job for the most part but there are times where like there's a moment in the movie where she is laughing, you know, about her time travel powers in front of her aunt, you know, kind of a brag. It's a very forced laughter. The problem is not so much the voice acting or even the direction. It's that it just doesn't match with the animation all too well. Like her animation suggests that like her voice acting, it suggests more like this is a fake forced laugh, but like kind of like an evil mwahaha, you know, laugh. But her, but the animation, it looks like she's genuinely laughing. You know, so it, it doesn't always match exactly what's going on visually. Is is what I'm getting at. Uh, this one is one of my minor nitpicks. I just put it on there. It's uh, maybe could have spent a little bit more time with Makoto's family. Not so much the ant. The ant, you know, had decent amount of time. <coughs> Sorry. Again, this cough has been torturing me for the past couple of weeks. But yes, so... I'm more so talking about Makoto's sister, her mom, her dad... Especially her dad barely got any lines in the movie. And her mom as well. Her sister gets a little bit more, but I guess maybe a bit more family dynamic. 
But again, that's a very minor nitpick, if anything. Um, this one, I'm going to say, is not so much of a nitpick. It is, but it's. I, I say it's one of my higher ones. It has to do with the background art. You can tell, like, at some point, moments, it just, like, it feels, you know, very much like a realistic, you know, capture of what they use for reference in the art. And it's, it's only, like, for a couple shots. Like, it's, like, when, say, small group of characters are walking across the scene, you know, and you get, you know, that background still... To me, it's some of the art for those, you know, shots looks slightly bit too realistic. And that's kind of weird to say, but for me, it, I'm saying this because it's, to me, it feels disconnected to the animation, the art style of the characters. And I remember hearing something about my... Hayao Miyazaki and how he works. I don't remember where. It might have been either from a documentary I watched from him, you know, about him or an interview. But someone mentioned that Miyazaki, like, would go to his background artist, you know, he would look over everything and he would point out, you know, how. Like, you have to change this because it looks too realistic. Because the point is, for the animation movie, is not to look realistic, but to look believable. So, you know, and there, there is a difference. There is a big difference in that. You know, believability and realism is not the same. Realism is more so trying to match what's in reality. Believability, that's more so... Trying to you know have it so you can believe that the characters exist in you know the world that you're making. So it has to feel like the characters are actually there and not just 2D drawings. You know, it's about that. It's a very tough thing to nail down, but it's that balance of you can't be like too sloppy with the background, but at the same time you can't go super detailed with it to the point of where it looks really realistic unless it's a style of course like if you're doing it for a style to you know then that's one thing and maybe this was a style option and i just didn't care for the direction and i'm not saying that they're lazy or not no this took a lot of work i just think you know personally the direction of those background art it just was a bit too realistic uh, some slightly weird pacing in the middle. I don't know. It, it's like it kind of like speeds up and slows down. And weird points in the middle, second act. Uh, maybe that was just me. That was that's just a slight nitpick. You know, again, it just like kind of like you know the first act has a nice you know build up you know pace. Third act has a great you know slow pace at the beginning or I should say the end of the second act probably it's very you know there's a very nice slow pace moment you know like most of the time pacing is fine but I think it's just that little bit in the middle where she's like abusing her time travel abilities 
repeatedly, it just feels a little weird. I don't know. That's just me, though. I think that's just a personal problem. I should probably see a doctor about that. But anyway, on my last, you know, point for the dislike and criticisms is this this one's a major one. Not on the director, not on the film crew, but when Makoto first used her time travel, be, no, not the first time, but when she learned how to really control her time travel abilities and to have her start her good day, she gets up on time and early. You know, which is to the surprise of her family. But she's going down. She's saying good morning to everybody. But she, like, crosses, you know... Like, people are a little weirded out. Like, oh, uh, good morning. Never seen you here before. You're usually the late one. What are you doing this early? This is weird. But no, there's this one moment where... You know, she's passing, you know more elderly, older people. She says good morning. And the grandma in the front, she says good morning back, but she looks super annoyed. Like, she's just like, my God, did this child just say good morning to me? The audacity! How dare she say good morning to me? Like, wow, the nerve. Like, legit. Like, you gotta watch the movie. And look at her face. You know, the, she's just, like, so pissed off. Like, she's just like, oh my god, my day is ruined. Thank you. Thank you for saying good morning to me. Because of that, my day is ruined. But anyway, that's it for, you know, my thoughts on the movie. And I'm gonna just do this in one take because I'm Again, recording multiple episodes in one day, so I kind of have to. I'm going to go straight to the review I found on IMDb. I, I actually found more 1 out of 10 stars reviews on IMDb than I did with Summer Wars. So, you know, off to a good start. But anyway, this review is titled, It Was Going Okay, Ends Up Being a Stupid Brainwash. As ran to us by Ben Oyum one one one. So, what does Ben have to say? Ben says it was going okay until the brainwash pops up. In future, we'll become a very high advanced civilization. Moreover, we'll invent. Blah, blah. Sorry. Moreover, we'll invent time traveling machine in the size of a walnut. And even for instance, if a boy wants to go back in years just to see a painting that doesn't exist in his time, he'll be able to do that. So right off the bat, well, first of all, what's the brainwashing here? Uh, well, how is that brainwashing? I think, like, okay, buddy, my pal, I hate to break this to you. The Girl Who Leaps Through Time is not the first time travel movie. And it's not the first, like, not even close to being the first movie to say, oh, in the future, we'll invent time travel. Like, how is that? <laughs> like, you might need to watch some more movies. You know, like, uh, trust me, Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah. 
I love that movie, but that doesn't do its time travel very well. You can criticize on that, but anyway, I, I but again, brainwash. How is that brainwashing? Well, let's find out. And continues on saying, what a horrible, stupid shit this is. First of all, time is not something that you can go back to because time actually doesn't exist. Things, everything slow or fast changes and that gives the sensation that there is time. But no, there's no single moment that is saved somewhere that you can go back to. Have you not seen the time travel movie? At all. Like, seriously. Okay, with the whole, you know, time is an illusion thing, yeah. I To a certain extent, it's a, it's a human-made construct. A man-made construct. Time doesn't is very subjective. But at the same time, you gotta have a little, at least a little, suspension of disbelief. I mean, you're watching a movie where a girl leaps back in time. If you can't get over the, you know, the ability to time travel part, maybe, I don't know, shouldn't have watched the, a movie called The Girl Who Leaps Her Time. Just, just <coughs> wow! This cough is, this cough is killing me. I'm, so anyway, I'm just saying, if you can't get over the time travel, maybe not watch a movie that's clearly a time travel movie. Just saying. Anyway, this little sentence he goes on says, "Life doesn't have a hard disk of itself." Damn it. Well, at least we have Cloud Save. I, I really am glad that we have a backup for Cloud Save on life. Because if we didn't, we're screwed. We're so screwed. What? What's that? Oh, I just found out. There's not even cloud data for like our life backup on the cloud. So, yeah, we're screwed. But anyway, with that accident, you know, existential crisis away... The second to last paragraph, Ben says, Movies like Groundhog Day uses time as an excuse to tell a funny story and a transformation of a man when he has the chance to live things repeatedly. That is why that is an awesome movie. Or, I'm sorry, I said an awesome movie, but Ben says a awesome movie. I have to correct myself there. Uh, but then he finishes off and says, But this one is total garbage. It is using the story as an excuse to promote the idea that our modern civilization is getting more and more advanced and moreover, will even invent time machines. Stupid. Being more mechanical doesn't mean more advanced. Okay. Well, you know, it's funny that you mentioned Groundhog Day and how I also mentioned Groundhog Day. You kind of explain what this movie does, you know, I mean, you could replace movies like The Girl Who Left Through Time uses time as an excuse to tell a funny story and a transformation of a character when they have the chance to live things repeatedly or have the ability to travel back through time. That's what this movie's about. It's not about the time travel mechanics. You really read into that time explanation scene way too deep. You know, you read into that and 
you gave this movie an unfair one out of ten star. But anyway, thank you, Benoyum one 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 for that review and that's going to be it for this episode. I've I've been trying to like really trying I'm like my goal is to kind of shorten these episodes down a bit more so they're not over an hour long each week. You know, I guess it's fine but I I guess I want to try to hone myself in and have more focus and less rambly podcast going on. And this one where I are at the about the 35 minute mark, I want to say somewhere around there. So overall, I think this is a good, good length for a weekly podcast episode. I'm not staying like overstaying my welcome. And so, yeah, that does about it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel Check my podcast out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. And also, if you're viewing this on YouTube, press like if you like it, press dislike if you don't like it. Nobody will see it. But hey, there's that. And leave a comment to make suggestions on what I can do better. And if you're listening on the podcast providers, you leave a review. And yeah, that does about it for this episode. Again, thank you as always. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Have a fantastic day. And remember, time waits for no one. Except me, of course. But anyway, have a great day. On the next episode of John vs. Phil, truth be told, I don't know what's at stake other than John is watching Marmosota's latest film, Bell. Hopefully we'll find out what it's about in next week's episode. Take care.